Welcome to the God in the Ordinary podcast, an interview show for believers looking for encouragement in how to reveal God in their everyday. Your host, singer-songwriter Sharon Tedford. My guest today is Director of Relational Advancement at Agape International Missions, or AIM for short. He has spent more than 20 years in the world of business and leadership development in countries all over the world. My guest, Agape International Missions' Matt Robertson. Hi, Matt Robertson. How are you? I'm great, Sharon. Oh, thank you for joining us here on God in the Ordinary. It's really, really great to chat with you. Um, Could you tell us, before we dive in, whereabouts in the world you are today? Yes, I am just outside of Sacramento, uh, California, in Northern California, in the town of Rockland. Great. And I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for some of our listeners who are confused by my accent, which is how we know each other from Dallas. Um, Before we move forwards into the rest of the discussion, Matt, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the organisation that you work for. Um, And before you do, I just want to say to our listeners that we are going to cover some adult topics on this episode. So If you are listening with your children today, you might want to listen on your own first so that you can decide whether this is a topic you're ready to discuss with them. So Matt, tell us about AIM. Yeah, so I work with an organization called AIM, or Agape International Missions is the full title. Agape being the unconditional love of God that uh, we want to demonstrate to anyone, regardless of their, their background, regardless of their religion, regardless of their history, really. We have been working in Cambodia for 15 years now, uh, fighting uh, the greatest evil of our time, uh, human and and, and sex, particularly sex trafficking. Uh, We have a holistic approach where we uh, work to rescue, restore, reintegrate uh, survivors of sex trafficking and then also prevent it from ever happening to kids and their families in at-risk communities. Thank you for that, Matt. Now, Isaiah 61 holds some practical instructions on how we as Christians should live out our lives. And it's actually a really important passage of scripture for us here at God in the Ordinary. In fact, it's the passage that my ministry, 61 Things, is based on. In each episode, we give our guests the opportunity to reflect on how Isaiah 61 impacts the way they live their lives. So, Matt, could you please start us off with your reflection on Isaiah 61? In Isaiah 61, verse 1, we read, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. And I believe as Christians, we are called to this on a daily basis, both freedom for ourselves and freedom for others. The organization I work with, Agape International Missions, we are actively pursuing Isaiah 61 through a holistic model that rescues, heals, empowers, and protects survivors of sex trafficking and ensures that kids are never trafficked. We unashamedly proclaim the gospel while aggressively going after one of the greatest evils of our time. We have a SWAT team that wherever they're being held, we literally go in, kick down the doors, rescue them, take them out, and take them to a safe place where they can experience love and healing and restoration. And when they're old enough, 
we provide them job skills training and employment, either in our employment centers making clothing, bracelets, jewelry, or working with like-minded businesses where they can have safe and secure employment. And we know this is successful because we currently celebrate a 99% success rate. So when Jesus is in the middle and a job is provided at the end, there is, there is success, there is freedom. We can see this best in survivors who are now abolitionists leading the fight. And then in verse 3, it says, To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. When we rescue a survivor and take them to our restoration home, one of the very first things that happens is that we throw them a princess party. We want them to know that they are not only safe, but that they are loved and that they are a princess and a daughter of the king of kings. They may not yet know who this king is, but they will get to know this king through the love and care and affection of our staff and house moms in the restoration home. And then in verse 4, we read, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the place long devastated. One of the main areas where AIM works in the suburb of Phnom Penh, a place called Svipak, was once an epicenter for child sex trafficking. Those brothels, massage parlors, and places where children were being openly bought and sold, that's all shut down. AIM planted a church in the middle of that community. Jesus moved in incarnationally into that community, and now it's a thriving community where kids are safe to play in the streets, where they rollerblade and and they kick the soccer ball. That church plant has since grown into what is now a community outreach, a school, employment centers where girls work, and even a gym called the Lord's Gym, which is an outreach to traffickers. And through that outreach, many traffickers have come to know Christ and are now witnessing into the trafficking community. So a city that was once devastated has been rebuilt. And the church was planted in a building that was once built to be a brothel. And the church outgrew the original space and built behind the building. And so now a church is thriving on ground that was once ruined. And then finally in verse 8, we read, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. And that's what we pursue on a daily basis. 15 years we've been fighting and we've seen unlikely partners come alongside us, like the government of Cambodia, secular organizations, and even movie stars like Mira Sorvino. So we found that when you partner with God to bring justice, he brings help from the most unlikely sources because he loves justice and he loves to see cities restored and lives restored. Thank you for sharing that with us, Matt. I just want to cheer and say amen and yes and yes and yes. It really sounds like AIM has wrapped itself around Isaiah 61. Um, What a great passage for you guys. Could you tell us, first of all, what motivated you to become involved with AIM? I mean, how did you know that God had anointed you for this kind of work? Well, thanks for asking. So I've been involved in humanitarian uh, work before. My wife and I had been missionaries overseas. So I've seen all sides of uh, missions, all sides of humanitarian work, all sides of outreach. And I was on staff here at a church in the Sacramento area, a church called Bayside Church. And that's when I first got to know AIM. Uh, I was uh, overseeing some special projects. And and one of those was uh, Bayside Church's focus on fighting human trafficking. And so I got to know AIM intimately. I got to know 
some of the staff and our, our, our founders, Don and Bridget Brewster, who are our heroes in my book. They sold everything, left, uh, left a job to move over to Cambodia uh, to start this fight and, and really sacrificed everything to help rescue and restore uh, girls out of sex trafficking. So I, I got to know them, fell in love with them and the organization. And then I got to uh, visit Cambodia back in 2016 and was blown away by what I saw. I was blown away by not only the, the level of evil and depravity that would bring someone to a point where they're enslaving others, from that evil to the hope. Uh, girls that are rescued are pulled out of these brothels and massage parlors and karaoke lounges and are, are placed in, in care, a loving, caring, restorative environment, and experience God's love. Many of them choose to accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, even though we never compel anyone to do that. The hope, then, that you can see in these girls' lives. You know, we, we have a saying in our family that hurt people hurt people, and healed people heal people. And to see the level of healing that these girls have received through the love of, of Christ, that they also want to be part of healing, restoring others. As I experienced that, I realized that um, that God was calling me to get more involved. And so that began a journey uh, towards AIM. And in the end of 2017, they asked me to join the team. And uh, so I've been now officially with AIM for just over two and a half years. That must have been a real tug on your heartstrings and also on your faith strings to really compel you to join and be there and fight. So first of all, before we say anything else, thank you for doing that. Um, thank you for your obedience. I know that that has, that has been a big thing. Matt, you, you said um, just now that AIM uses a holistic model of rescue. Could you explain what that means in your organization? Yeah, so it, it starts with the rescue. As I mentioned earlier, we have a SWAT team that works hand-in-hand uh, -hand with the Cambodian anti-trafficking police, and we um, obtain court orders to legally go in and break down the doors of these, of these brothels, massage parlors, karaoke lounges. Again, wherever these girls are being held, we go in, we rescue these girls, we, we take them out, and then we take them to one of several of our restoration uh, or transitional homes, depending on their age. We are rescuing girls, unfortunately, as young as four and five years old. Goodness. So they go into our restoration homes and receive, uh, first, the they experience that princess party that I, I mentioned earlier. Um, and then they stay with us for as long as they need. Each girl is assigned a social worker who stays with them, who checks up on them when they whenever they leave our, our restoration homes. And and, and find a job, but but they they have someone who's who's caring for them on a, on a daily basis, uh, house moms and social workers and the AIM staff, uh, looking after them, caring for them, providing uh, cutting edge therapy, counseling and support, and then as I mentioned, when they're old enough, we provide job skills training for them so that they can successfully reintegrate into society. We want to empower them with the skills that they need. Oftentimes, they'll work with us in our employment centers. We make clothing. Uh, that we sell all over the world now, uh, jewelry and bracelets and other things. So that's really the first part of the holistic approach, the rescue, the restoration, and the reintegration or empowerment. And then finally, we have a huge focus on prevention. So working through uh, local churches and schools and putting on kids clubs and doing outreaches into the communities. We want to prevent this from ever happening. 
So we do that through education and outreach and other, other ways that we can reach communities and families within those communities. How do you deal with the people who have been the traffickers? Are you trying to re-educate them? You said just now that hurt people hurt people. So presumably the people who are traffickers must be very hurt and broken themselves. How do you deal with them? Um, as I mentioned earlier, we do have an outreach to traffickers um, through a, a place called the Lord's Gym. It's a uh, kickboxing gym uh, where they can go and uh, learn kickboxing. They can train. And while they're there, we have a, the coach, the, the head coach of that gym is a, is a award-winning coach. He's, he's won several awards and, and tournaments, so he's very famous. So uh, there's quite a draw for, for young guys to want to go there. But really, our, our outreach is to those who are in the trafficking community. Through that experience, uh, getting to know the coach, they have a, a daily devotional, Bible devotional that, that he does with the guys there. Through that, many of those young men have become believers. Uh, not only that, but they are now witnessing into the trafficking community and trying to pull other guys out of that, um, helping them find other jobs. So not only do we have a holistic approach to this issue of, of human trafficking, we also have a holistic approach to the society. We want to reach everyone, not just the girls, but their families and also the traffickers themselves. When I listen to you talk, I think maybe I have a Disney World view <laughs> where I think that the goody is good and the baddie is bad. But that's not at all true, is it? That we, when we are born, God has good plans for us. We are made in his image. And these men, and I know you say sometimes women who are traffickers, have just completely lost their identity. So it's so great to hear that your organization is working to help them also restore and renew their identity and their, their future together as people who are made in the image of God. So again, thank you for doing that too. That is a lesson to all of us. So you also say that uh, the streets of Svei, I never know how to say this, Svei Pak, is that good? Yes, well said, yeah. <laughs> um, is now a flourishing community from what it was not before, that it was really a place that has been rebuilt. Obviously, that has taken years to get to. So how did AIM build the trust with the local people? And also, because you were very clear to say that what you do is legal. So you've obviously also built trust with the local authorities. You didn't just magically get there. What were the steps that got you to that point? Well, you're exactly right. It, it, it didn't just happen overnight. It's been really a 15-year journey of working side by side with the community. When, when AIM first moved into Swipok, we weren't welcome there. There was death threats against our, our staff, against our leaders uh, who moved there. But they knew that God was calling them there. And slowly over time, won the trust of the members of the community to where once the families, the business owners in the community were implicit in the trafficking and the sale of children, where now when a random foreigner shows up to Swipok, and I, I should mention, we didn't mention this before, that before, predominantly, the, um, the men who were coming into that community to buy children were foreigners. Um, they were traveling from all over the world, uh, pedophiles uh, traveling to Swipok specifically to, to purchase, uh, to have sex with children. And so, but that's all been shut down. And so now when a random foreigner uh, shows up to Swipok, they're quickly escorted out of the community. So you know that 
a community has been changed and transformed not only when the children can flourish and play in the streets, but also when the community, in a sense, polices itself. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling us that it is now the locals who tell these paedophiles to leave? Yes, exactly. That, that is fantastic. And then on the legal side, we've worked for years to develop the trust of the, the legal system and the anti-trafficking police there was a time when we worked with other organizations. So when we would, because we were in SIPOC, which was an epicenter uh, of trafficking, there was a lot of information, a lot of intel, a lot of, um, you know, basically good data on where trafficking was happening, whether it was in SIPOC originally or as it was moving out of SIPOC. And so we would provide that intel, we would provide that data to other organizations um, to be able to go in and do a raid and, and, and rescue those girls. And unfortunately, the organizations that we were working with, there was some corruption. And so we would pass along the information and they would go to do the raid and the girls would have been moved. There would have been a tip-off. And so our founder, Don Brewster, became so frustrated with that that he put together a plan to create a SWAT team, knowing that the head of the anti-trafficking task force was someone who legitimately cared about this issue and wanted to wanted to address this issue, and 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 so he handpicked a team uh, of police that we work with, uh, and we created a SWAT team that uh, has the full legal authority to not only go in and rescue the girls but arrest the traffickers as well. And so, attached to our SWAT team is a legal team that helps to not only. Uh, protect the girls that have been rescued legally, but also will follow through on the on the conviction of, of traffickers that are arrested during the rescue. That sounds really important. Like you've really thought about the levels of rebuilding that need to go into this. You don't just turn up and rescue people, which I'm sure at times is a necessity from where you live. But how fantastic that you've been able to really rebuild a whole community because of the love of Jesus, because somebody once visited. You know, sometimes I think we forget that one small action can lead to some incredible outcomes. So, um, Matt, just now you talked to us about the Lord's Gym and how the traffickers are invited into that environment. Why don't they feel trapped or in trouble? What is it that makes them feel free to come to you in the first place? That's a great question. Again, it's just that level of trust that's been built over the years as guys have uh, slowly come to work out, to train at the Lord's Gym. They're also, that team goes out and does competitions. And so it's very visible. It's very well known. And so there, there is a, a level of trust that's been built over time. Um, it, it hasn't always been easy. As with all things uh, in this fight, there's, there are obstacles and the enemy is not happy about this fight. And so, you know, let's not be shy about saying that this is spiritual warfare. And um, we are always engaged in the spiritual warfare. We recognize that. We realize that. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why we covet prayers from our partners, from our friends. You know, your, your listening audience, we would ask them to pray for our work in Cambodia, for our team that's on the ground there, because they are up against the spiritual warfare every single day. Yeah, I would join with, with Matt and ask you, if you're listening right now, you might even just pause and pray for Matt and the teams and all the other people who work for AIM and for their um, direction, for their freedom, for, the, for their freedom to move around and for their safety, because what they do, as we're hearing right now, is really important and not an easy job. You're listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guest, Matt Robertson. 
I know you're enjoying listening to our guests, so please do leave us a review and a rating and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Matt, you and your family have lived all over the world and even all over America, actually. (laughs) So you've experienced some very different cultures, different cultures even within America. (laughs) So how has living among these differences, these different cultures and places impacted your whole family over the years? I mean, what have you learned from different people and different cultures? I bet you've learned a lot. Well, great question. I would say, first of all, we learn how blessed we are having lived in, my wife and I having been missionaries in Eastern Europe, and then my family having lived in in Uganda for several years before moving back to the U.S., you experience uh, poverty. It's in in your face. You see it every day, um, abject poverty, and you realize how blessed and how fortunate we are in the West to have things like heating and air conditioning and a roof that doesn't leak and carpet under our feet and a, a yard where it's safe to go out and play, where uh, we don't have to make those choices uh, to sell our children or to sell ourselves because God, you know, because we are provided for, God has provided for us. So first you realize how blessed you are, and it really, it really changes your perspective, um, and it helps you to see people and things in a different light, that what we have is, is not our own. It's, it's all a blessing, a gift from God. And so when God calls you to something other than yourself or outside of yourself, our only response is in obedience to Him because of how blessed we are, because of how He has provided for us and taken care of us. I know personally I've been in some very dangerous situations, but I've never once felt, um, I've never once felt unsafe or, or, or threatened uh, to the point where I didn't know God wasn't looking out for me and taking care of me. Well, yes, our only response is in obedience to him. I mean, if we just stop right now, that's enough for all of us to take away and learn from. Yeah. So many of us, Matt, won't ever be actually called to go to Cambodia or to Eastern Europe or any other countries. But some of our listeners will be, like you, lovers of the gym. <laughs> now, that's not me. <laughs> I am not a lover of the gym, but I know <laughs> that you and your daughter love to do that together. So when you go to the gym and do something that many of us do, I said us again like I do, I don't. Do you feel anointed and called to share the good news in that context too? And if so, how do you do that? Uh, I always ask God for divine appointments, for opportunities to share the good news, to share the gospel. Sometimes it's simply just a smile. That might, in this day and age, mean temporarily pulling our mask down. To share a smile with someone, to share a kind word. Um, to share, you know, through local outreach here in our church, in this local community where we live. So God is is calling us to to different things. There's a calling upon my life to be a part of this ministry and to share the stories of what God is doing through AIM and and to develop relationships with individuals and, and churches that partner with us and support our work. But God is calling each one of us to different things. He's calling us to use our lives for his glory and for his purpose. And it looks different for each and every one of us. And the question is, what is God calling you to? I've found that when I am in the center of my gifts, skills, experience, and God's calling on my life, I'm in a sweet spot. And most of the time, it doesn't really ever feel like I'm working. 
and and don't have to strive after what is is God God is calling me to and and that's that sweet spot is 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 in obedience to him and what he may be calling you to as well well yeah i completely agree with that you just said ask god for divine appointments i mean again if that's what we take away from today that's a really really helpful thing to do so how have you seen God appointments in your raising of kids, in your children who are really not children anymore? So we need a word. Somebody needs to create a word that is for adult children because they are nearly fully, fully, fully grown up. How have you been able to, to show and teach your children justice and love for everybody? How have you been able to do that as a parent? Mm. Well, it's, it's in the daily, really. It's, it's modeling what we would want to see in our children, them seeing us with our Bibles open, them seeing us pray, uh, them seeing us reach out and show compassion to others. Uh, so really what we want to see in children, we need to model it ourselves in the daily. And when there is a struggle, when there is a challenge, how we respond in, in grace and peace and love. Let's be honest, we're not always going to respond gracefully, but then asking for forgiveness, being, being humble and willing to ask for forgiveness um, and even the simple thing as, as having a meal around the table, showing that, that level of, of commitment to family and to being together, to um, we don't allow our phones at the table. And so that way we can all connect, we can talk about our day, we can talk about issues and topics, we can debate, we can argue, uh, but ultimately at the end of the day we know that we love each other and that our home is a, is a safe and stable place where they can then grow and sprout and, and flourish from that safe, fertile uh, ground that is a, is a caring, loving home. Thank you. I agree with that. We have no phones at our table too, which isn't always easy because sometimes it's the grown-ups who need to be reminded of that. I'm just raising my hand here. You can't see me, but I am. <laughs> um, just a couple more questions now, Matt. I want to talk again about AIM for a minute. Um, you've said that we need to do what God is calling us to do, and that might not be to travel to Cambodia. But I know that after talking with you and hearing what you've had to say, many of our listeners will want to know how we can support the work of AIM in some very practical ways. So can you just tell us a bit about how we can do that? Because I know there's more than one way to do it. Obviously, prayer is is huge praying for our team in Cambodia. We have almost 500 staff now in Cambodia working in the, the various areas of this holistic model, this holistic approach, again, on the front lines of this fight daily. So prayer for our work in Cambodia. We're, we're just getting ready to launch new work in Belize um, in, in Central America. So prayers for that as well. But also, of course, uh, financial support. So we know that it costs us $1,000 to rescue one girl out of trafficking. That includes the investigation, uh, the actual raid, the rescue itself, and then the follow-up legal work of our team there, legal team attached to the SWAT team. So financial support is is critical. And, and people can visit our website. It's aimfree, aimfree.org. And there's a lot of information out there, our history, our holistic model, ways that you can support us. And so I would encourage people to visit our website we also have a story section where we have our latest survivor stories, raid reports whenever we go out and do a raid and rescue. So yeah, please feel free to check out our website. And uh, you have one other thing, and I know it because yesterday I went to your store and I have a t-shirt wigging its way to me. So the t-shirt that I have, 
is the T-shirt that says hope, because that's really what my ministry over at 61 Things is all about, hope. So I'm really excited about getting that. Can you tell us a bit about what's special about the tags and the clothes that you make at your store? Yes. So every item that's made in our employment center is made by a survivor of trafficking. Again, those girls that we have trained, we've given those job skills to uh, and and provide a safe, secure place for them to to work. We also provide health care and we provide food, nutrition for them, child care if they need it. It's really over and above what is the um, normal for a, a garment factory worker in, in Cambodia. And so all of those items are made uh, both uh, for our AIM, AIM shop or AIM store, but also we work with uh, companies all over the world now and churches all over the world to make their, their clothing that they need, whether it's t-shirts or polos or, or whatnot, even, even tote bags. And so those can be custom ordered. You can get more information on our website. Go to aimcustom.org to find out more information, place an order. But all of those items are made by a survivor and every item comes with a tag with the girl's name written on it that's made it. So it makes it very personal, very, very special. We always tell people too, when you when you get your, your item, your t-shirt, your tote bag, whatever it is, and you take the tag off, don't just throw that away, but keep that as a reminder to pray for the girl who's made that item. I'm so excited to get my t-shirt, but even more excited about getting the tag because I absolutely love what you do over at AIM. And I'm so excited about being able to have the privilege of praying for somebody who is free and helping other people to be free. Matt, it has been a huge pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for sharing your heart. And again, thank you for sharing your life with people who are in so much need. Thank you, Sharon. Really, really appreciate the opportunity. God bless you and your ministry. You've been listening to God in the Ordinary, presented by me, Sharon Tedford. My guest today was Matt Robertson of Agape International Missions. You can find out more about the work of AIM and how to support them at their website, aimfree.org. For more information and show notes, go to 61-things.com. The producer is Gary Dell, and God in the Ordinary is a Wise Word Radio 61 Things co-production. 